Hello world and welcome to the Philanese Nash Experience podcast, an audio series of lighthearted and sometimes third eye-opening conversations on entrepreneurship and leadership from the African-American perspective. I am your host, Philanese Nash. And before I introduce our guests, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Recover Health Concierge COVID Testing Company. They are a Black-owned business located right here in Nashville. And for the past year, Recover has been providing COVID testing for local businesses, the hospitality and entertainment industry, as well as individuals and their families. They are a concierge service, so they can come to your location. They not only offer the 15-minute rapid antigen test, but they can also perform the gold standard PCR COVID test and get you same-day results. That's especially helpful for those who are now starting to travel and require scheduled results. So if you, your family, your business, or staff need white glove FDA-approved testing with quick and fast results, get in contact with Recover Health. You can schedule an appointment online by going to their website at recover-health.com. That's recover-health.com or by calling 615-947-6844-615-947-6844 and Sarah will take care of you and get you scheduled. All right. So today... My guest is an entrepreneur and fellow podcaster with over 20 years of marketing and nonprofit management expertise. On the for-profit side, he's worked with large corporations such as Kraft Foods, Sarah Lee, and Haynes. On the nonprofit side, he serves as, as the Director of Marketing and Development for the Scarrett Bennett Center, an educational and social justice institution. And on the entrepreneur side, he is the owner of Belton Consulting, where he helps socially conscious individuals create 501c3 nonprofit organizations. He has also worked with educational institutions like the historic HBCU Fisk University to help them secure necessary funding. And without further ado, let's welcome nonprofit startup guru and host of the Advancement Unplugged podcast, Keith Belton. Woo! Thank you, ma'am. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you. I'm glad you are finally on the show. I have to tell my audience that you were one of the people that helped get me jump started into the podcast game. So you've introduced me to my audio engineer, Carlos. You connected me with other people in the podcast community here in Nashville. So thank you, Keith Belton. Absolutely. We all share. We all share together. Yes. Yes, we do. We do. So um, the first thing that I've been talking with my guests about has been COVID-19 coronavirus. It's been over a year. Mm -hmm. Um, We're starting to get back to some portion of normalcy, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, But can you just reflect on what the last year has been like for you, your family, and business-wise? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll start probably just from a professional standpoint, where I work at Scarrett Bennett Center. Um, We're an urban retreat center, so the meetings went down, but the weddings still kept going. Um, the, you know, brides had to change a little bit about what they were doing and maybe the size, but that was one thing that was interesting. We've seen a little bit of growth um, in calls going now as we look to the fall. So we're all booked up for the rest of the year. Um, on the personal front, uh, I think it was probably an adjustment for us because our oldest daughter, we have two, was in her senior year of college. So mid-March when everything shut down, we had to bring her home. So, you know, her senior itis, for lack of a better term, had to be dealt with at home. 
So, you know, those, those couple of weeks of, of being on the yard and things like that changed a little bit. And I think we're fortunate because um, we were able to kind of be there with her and support her as she, again, grew forward. Also, quite honestly, I think the fact that we have a two bedroom or, or, or two floor and a, and a basement helped. So we had three different spaces. So my girls had the second floor. My wife had the first floor. And I had the in-law suite. So I think that probably kept us together. So, 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 so you guys together. had your own individual individual space. spaces. Gotcha. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. sure that helped. You weren't stacked on top of one another. Right. But I think the last thing, as you were mentioning with that one, from a support of others, um, I had more calls about people who had kind of downtime and were interested in starting nonprofits. So um, as people had some of that downtime away from maybe their jobs or full-time jobs and had thought about. Um, starting nonprofits, the phone rang. And so I worked with more people in the last probably 12 months than I have um, the last two or three years helping them start their nonprofits. Oh, that's good. Well, I definitely want to dive into what you do in helping people begin and start their nonprofits because over the last year, we have had a lot of civil unrest and there have been a lot of organizations that have been started and begun to help in those areas of need. And most of them have come out as being nonprofits, right? Yes. So can you give us some background about your origin story as to how you even got into this area of helping people begin their nonprofits? Yeah. Um, probably go back about 10 years ago, I started um, a nonprofit to work with young people. And so I just went through the whole process by myself, um, kind of learning how to, you know, get the get the state level, federal level, all the paperwork involved. It, it took a little bit of time, but I, I like to learn how to do things my, on my own, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then as I was in the community and talking about my nonprofit, people at times would go, well, isn't that hard to do? Or don't I need a lawyer? Or don't I need an accountant? And there are going to be times, let me be clear, that you need those individuals. But just to start it, um, so as people started asking me about it, um, I just started doing kind of one or two a year. Um, and be honest with you, Phil and Nisa, it was really just referrals. So as I got more and more interested in, in learning and, and supporting other people, um, and for me, quite honestly, it's a labor of love, too, because you see people's vision. You know, I might, I might have helped somebody start a, a nonprofit in 2015, and then you hear, say, 2018 or 2020, they've gotten a you know, $50,000 or $100,000 grant to go on and do what they want to do, but they would not have been able to do that if they weren't a 501c3. How deep and how far in depth are your services? Is it just the filing of the paperwork? Do you also do some consulting since you have your own? Do people, are they able to bounce, you know, ideas yes. off of you? I call it, I call it like a jumpstart package, if that makes sense. Kind of, you've gotten the. Yeah, go in depth. Tell us what we can expect. Right. So, um, you know, there's, there's, I'm calling this the chartering process. Um, which can take anywhere from three to six months. And a lot of that is quite honestly how quickly your paperwork goes through. So that's pretty straightforward. It's, you know, filling out the paperwork, helping you with your your board structure, understanding the requirements in your state as far as what the board needs to, to be comprised of, the, the minimum age, um, what do your bylaws need to look like, um, how often do you need to meet. Those are kind of the fundamentals, kind of meat and potatoes. And then being able to file your federal paperwork to get um, – your 501c3, because at the end of the day, that's what, say, a Nissan Foundation or even, you know, you, you referenced um, different healthcare, healthcare companies they want to support. So I'm going to call that part one. That's getting you off the ground. But then nonprofit leaders will come back to me and they'll want to ask questions such as, um, how do I develop a board? Um, how do I structure my board meetings? 
um, how do I do strategic planning? So I, that's what I call the jump start because you can have a nonprofit, but there are a lot of things that if you're not careful with, um, your nonprofit may only last a year or two, whether that's your energy, whether that you're not careful in filing out the, you know, the right paperwork. So I try to say soup to nuts, how can I help you? A lot of the nonprofits I'm working with are just an individual who's had a, um, has a dream and a vision and they may only be a fifty or hundred thousand dollar nonprofit. I don't mean by any way is that small. I just mean you know they may not have but themselves, maybe their their spouse or two or th- two or three other people. So they need that that help and support because they're also probably a parent, also a full time you know employee, and other things going on as well. So I want to make sure whatever I can do to help them. And is there a particular um, arena or a particular area of uh, nonprofits? I know you mentioned in your bio that you do like to help people who are starting socially conscious types of organizations. So what are you kind of seeing in your practice? Right. Um, It ranges. Um, You know, in the the past year, um, I had a mom who's, I think it was an infant son passed away. So she just wanted to do, um, start a foundation to be able to, to educate others about that, that disease. Um, I've had a doctor recently um, start a nonprofit because, you know, he's African-American male. He's concerned about the health of African-American male. So that's just kind of an example. So um, from my perspective, um, if it's something, for lack of a better word, that I can get behind, you know, then I will support it. So I won't say any specific area because from a purely chartering perspective, um, there's a lot of areas that an individual can decide that they want to support. And so I can provide that um, mm-hmm. because the bylaws and some of the things are pretty straightforward. It's some of the things as you get forward, when I talk about jumpstart might be your board may be much different if you're doing something around a childhood disease than maybe you're doing around men's health. So those are some of the conversations I'll have with the individuals to make sure that they set themselves up to be successful long-term. Mm-hmm. And typically what's the turnaround process? What's the general time frame right. when they come see you with the idea mm-hmm. to when they can advertise right. your anomaly? Yeah. Um, usually I like to say it can be as quick as three months, but more realistically, it's probably five to six. And the reason I say that is state, the state process is pretty straightforward. State process can be done in about four weeks. Um, I fill out the paperwork for federal and we've gotten it back as quickly as two months. I fill it out the same exact paperwork, almost the same exact time frame, And it comes back five months later. It's really kind of where you get in with the, you know, and I love, let me be clear. IRS, don't want to get in trouble with the IRS, but the Treasury can take their time sometimes um, when they're reviewing the 501c3 paperwork. Have you seen um, a link uh, it becoming a longer wait time or a longer process time due to COVID? Um, no. And the only reason I say that is the process when I started doing this about 10 years ago, the form was 27 pages. Mm-hmm. The form now is about six. So just I think they've learned as well from an IRS perspective, they can be more straightforward. And it was before um, that took long, but I've put in a couple during COVID that have come back at about the, right around four months, which has been a pleasant surprise. Good, good. And it's, and this is all online now? Everything is online. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. technology. I love it. Yes. <laughs> when it works. <laughs> yes. So tell us a little bit about the nonprofit you started personally that got this right, whole thing right. started. Yeah. Um, I've always been interested in uh, youth and, and childhood obesity. So um, I was able to blend my interest in childhood obesity with my interest in STEP. So if you can probably see in the background, I have my Greek paraphernalia up in the background. So 
Um, I was never a great stepper, but I know stepping is a great exercise. So I was part of a group of us that started the National Stepping Association. Mm -hmm. And we use step as a great way to uh, fight childhood obesity. So um, through that, you know, an average um, step exercise can can burn over four or five hundred calories. So kids are enjoying the fun of it. But at the same time, we're fighting them with childhood obesity. So we were able to once we got the 501c3, um, we were able to get us. $700,000 $700,000 grant from the state um, to be over, over multiple years. Let me be clear about that. But that was a- enabling us, again, to take a vision of a couple of us and work with kids in middle Tennessee, whether it be at a local high school or an after school program. Right. Um, and do that as well. It connected me with my daughters. My daughters have a lot more rhythm than I do. <laughs> um, and they get that from their mother. So did, that was did just fun. Your oldest, did she pledge? She, was- she has not played yet. We're hoping that will happen. Okay. She, she plays a little high school. She plays a high school sorority. Um, we'll, we'll see down the line whether or not, <laughs> whether or not the next there's, step. There's, there's parental influence. Yeah, yeah there's parental <laughs> influence, definitely. So, <laughs> so the um, 501c3 that you were speaking of, and, and I want to do go back and, and circle back around to, to the creation of 501c3s, but um, tell us a little bit. I'm assuming what you were just speaking of was for your fraternities, Alpha Phi Alphas. Was that the, the 501c3 you were just referencing, the Education Foundation? Yes. So tell us yes. a little bit more about that. I know that um, the Legacy Education Foundation has awarded well over $100,000 in scholarships for yep. Middle Tennessee yep. high schoolers. So yep. that's, a, that's big. That's really yes. important. And I know you guys just got a $50,000 grant from another historical uh, HBCU, um, a Harry Medical yes. College. Yes. So yes. Just tell us a little bit about that, because this okay. kind of goes to the growth of 501c3. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, our Alpha Phi Alpha fraternity, Tyler in the chapter. So I'm active with that here in Nashville. And then there's the Legacy Education Foundation. So separate, two separate organizations. But I'm on the board with the Legacy Education Foundation. So um, one of the big things that we try to do is make sure that there's funding available for African-American males to go to college. Mm-hmm. So that's been, we do a big fundraiser every year um, around Founders Day, a big luncheon. But we are fortunate over the last year, recognizing again, my interest in child um, childhood health and some of our board members that are medical professionals, I'm not, but we combined together. And um, there was a grant opportunity with Meharry Medical College uh, that we're looking to do education in the community. So we applied for that grant and we got a $50,000 grant. Um, so we're going to use that to uh, work in the community, doing oratorical contests, a podcast, again, loving podcasts. We'll have a team podcast challenge. And a lot of these things we're doing right now, back to what you were talking about earlier, is trying to make them COVID friendly. So some of the things we might have done in person, um, some of the mentoring, uh, you know, being close to one another, putting eight or 10 young men together with six or eight alphas right now isn't, isn't, a, um, isn't I guess you can't do it right now, but in the future we will. But right now looking at the podcasting remote as well as oratorical contests to talk about anti-vaping or childhood obesity is our focus there. So I'm, I'm fortunate um, our board is very active with 12 of us, along with um, our, fa- our chapter, which has about 100 members here in Middle Tennessee, to really see what we can do as African-American men to have a positive impact um, with young people here in Middle Tennessee. So the growth of a 501c3 a lot mm-hmm. of times depends on getting funding yes. and grants. And yes. I think I read in your bio that you have helped organizations um, with grants and, mm-hmm. and finding money. So yes. it, is that an immediate step? Like right after you've um, 
got your filings approved and now you're officially a 501c3, how does an organization uh, then move into the fundraising and grant portion of being a a nonprofit? Yeah, I think a couple of things there. First and foremost, I like to tell folks the first year, really focus on what your mission is. Um, and, and, And what I mean by that is do what you say you're going to do. Because part of the focus of a lot of funders will be, well, what's your history? And when you're a young nonprofit, that you know, you may be able to get what I call a, you know, a, a, a thousand or five thousand dollar gift. Mm-hmm. But when you look at kind of five figures, you know, at the at the at the ten thousand or fifty thousand or hundred thousand dollar level, they want to know that you have a track record. So the short answer to your question is yes, you do want to go after funding. But I would say initially. Make sure, even if it's at a small level, with five thousand dollars, you say, you know what, we can go out and support scholarships, or we can go out and do mentoring, because they're going to want to have a track record. The other thing to consider there, also, this is very much about relationships. So, um, do you have a relationship with um, Nissan Foundation? Do you have a relationship with the Cracker Barrel or Cracker Barrel Foundation? Those type of things. And so, for example, when we look at um, you know some of the grants we've gotten in the past, it's because there may be a fraternity brother that's at the Nissan Foundation. Um, or, or someone that we know that's at the Cracker Barrel Foundation, those type of things. So mm-hmm. you build it, and, and they'll say to me, they'll say the same thing to me. I may have a great relationship with someone, but they, they, they're new to my organization. They say, Keith, I'll, you know, we'll support your organization with a $5,000 gift this year, and let's see what you do with it. And that's what we've always tried to do is, you know, we say, hey, we're going to do A, B, and C with this $5,000. So at the end of the year, I'll, whether they ask for a grant report or not, I always submit a grant report and say, hey, here's what we've done over the last year. We told you we're going to do A, B, and C. We've done A, B, and C with your $5,000. And that just shows them we're good stewards of your funding. So that's, that's important. Mm-hmm. And that then turns around when there's an opportunity to ask for twenty-five dollars or fifty dollars or $100,000, you've had that track record that shows them that you're good stewards of the funding and you're doing good things in the community with it. I hear that reporting and recording is a huge part of yes. nonprofits. Yes. Is that is that something that um, you also help your clients with? And and how do you guide someone through right. doing that the first time around? Right, right. I will help guide, um, but I also am very, um, one of the things I always give credit to is I have a couple of friends that are accountants. So I always will say, I can help, but from a pure paperwork perspective, I want to make sure that they're able to support what, the, what needs to get done in a proper way. So for example, even um, using going back to the Legacy Education Foundation, we just finished our first quarter um, earlier this month. So, you know, as a board member, what I've been doing is working with our board to say, let's get all the receipts and let's turn those into our accountants so that the first quarter we can say, you know what, we got a $50,000 grant. We've spent about $9,500 of it. We can show where every dime has been so that we can have that first quarter report. For us, Meharry um, hasn't asked for a report, but we want to at least share with them, hey, here's what we've done the first quarter. So you can see what we're doing, both from a programmatic perspective and are being good stewards of your money. So I, I do that as well for my clients. I say, let, let's paper trail. I just truly believe in whether it's, you know, $10 to buy some pencils or you decide that you want to spend, you know, $300 on survey monkey to do surveys. Let's have that tracking so that, again, every dollar is there. There's no questions at the end of how you spent that money. That's really good advice. Um, mm-hmm. Even if the organization that has provided the money has not asked Right. You know, it's great to it, yes. say, let me show you where, where your money is. Yes. 
Yes, yes. Great advice, great advice. So I, I want to make sure that my listeners and viewers mm-hmm. um, can get in touch with you. Mm-hmm. And if they are seeking to, or if they're already an established uh, nonprofit, how they can get in touch with you, with Belton Consulting, mm-hmm. well, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, a couple ways. Um, my website is simply Belton D. MC for development marketing communication. So beltondmc.com. And then my direct email address is simply Keith at beltondmc.com. Um, and then Belton DMC is also my Twitter handle. Okay. And they can get in touch with you in addition for marketing as well. Cause yes. that is your, that's your background. That's what you right. went to school right. for. Right. So right. they can also get in touch with you to help with that marketing piece of your organization, whether it's a nonprofit or for-profit. Um, And I think that's important as well, too. Mm -hmm. And then can you also share with our listeners, especially if you're in the middle Tennessee area and you have a high school student um, who's looking for scholarship opportunity or even the um, program that you uh, you and your foundation are running this summer? How can a parent or um, a high schooler apply and get in touch with you guys so that they can participate? Right. So the, uh, the Legacy Foundation's website is simply thelegacyeducationfoundation.com. And if they want to send an email, it's simply to tlef1906 at gmail.com. And I monitor that email address as well. So if anybody's interested in scholarships, we definitely want to make sure that if an individual wants to go to college, we can support their efforts to, uh, to get to that next level. And that is so important these days. You, you got to get as much education as you can to let you get to that next level. Yes. So yes. I totally appreciate you, Keith, coming on and sharing with us what you do. I, I highly encourage anyone who's thinking about starting a nonprofit or has already started a nonprofit to get in touch with Belton Consulting to learn the ins and outs, what to do, as well as that marketing piece, because we don't know about you if we can't see or hear from you. So that social media piece is is important. So so definitely reach out to Keith and get in touch because we do have a lot of socially conscious types of things going on right now. And it's important that everyone can speak and be heard. Absolutely. So we're kind of wrapping up our time. So I just want to make sure that everyone who is listening and watching knows that you can see and watch the first set of episodes of season one and two of the Philanese Nash podcast um, on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Amazon and iHeartRadio. You can also check out my website, PhiloniseNashExperience.com, and you will find all of the audio episodes there. You can also watch all of the episodes on my YouTube channel, which is the Philanese Nash Experience Podcast YouTube channel. And I want to make sure to encourage everyone to subscribe off the podcast platforms and also on YouTube as well. COVID has not left. So I do want to encourage everyone, if you can get vaccinated, get vaccinated. It's important that we are trying to get back to normal. And that's one of those parts. In addition to wearing your mask, and staying well, maintaining your space, and then washing your hands. So I just want to thank everyone for tuning in today, for watching and listening. Make sure to follow me on social media, Philanese Nash on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Everyone stay safe, stay well, peace. Peace.